Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I have a special guest who talks to the Fae, or the wee ones, and her name is Michelle Bajeron. Hello, Michelle. How are you? I am very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on on the segment. As everybody knows, even though I have a paranormal podcast, I just find this stuff fascinating. And to me, it's natural, but to most people, maybe it is paranormal. Michelle, what can you tell us about the wee ones? Well, uh, sometimes when I am at festivals, I will give a workshop on the fair folk. That's and awesome. my <laughs> my biggest advice, pretty much my entire Fay 101 is don't. Ah. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, Picture the fairies as little, little things with wings that are harmless and that grant wishes. But from what I've read and from what others have told me, this is not always so. No, no. And they come with their own set of rules and etiquette. Mm-hmm. If you don't know these things, you can mess up horribly. Oh, yeah. And even when you do know these things, you can mess up horribly. everybody please be careful (laughs) yes well one the first time i gave this workshop it was uh it was at pan pagan festival Mm -hmm. which um it's one of my favorite festivals Mm -hmm. or it was and I was very at home there and most of these people I had considered family. So I, you know, I wasn't probably uh, thinking as clearly as I should for, for doing something like this. And I showed how you set out a fairy offering. And part of the offering was uh, peanut butter cookies. I just put them on a plate. I put the rest of the cookies back in my campground, locked them up so animals couldn't get in them. 
-hmm. The next day, someone, something had rifled through the stuff and got out the securely locked cookies and was eating them because they were an offering. And I should have just put the rest of the cookies where they could have got them away from the camp because the energy was wonky. This was not, this was not a pixie. This was not a brownie. This was something very wild and had kind of a slimy energy to it. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So we did some cleaning and then I scattered the rest of the cookies and crumbs into the woods. So there you go. (laughs) Take this bottle of wine while we're at it. (laughs) (laughs) Here's some mead. Have a good time, Farius. You know, I have, from some of the books that I've read about the Fae, I find it interesting there are many races of them. Oh, yes. And some are taller than we are, and some are very small. What, What can you tell us about these different races of Fae? Uh. Two of my favorite books, um, Aidan McCoy has A Witch's Guide to Fair Folk, and she really goes into detail about the different kinds and and what they look like and sometimes how to interact with them or just please, please avoid them like the red caps. You do not want to mess with a red cap. Right. A red cap, if you do not know has a red cap because he dyes it in human blood. Mm. So, yeah, no, you don't want to ever cross paths with a red cap. Right. And the other the other author I really love is Brian Froud. Mm-hmm. And he draws the most amazing yes. illustrations of the fair folk. You know he has crossed the veil. Mm-hmm. He has seen firsthand. Right. Because I artwork's gorgeous. myself. Yes. Yes, it really is. Wow. And usually very informative and sometimes funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of fun in him. I would love one of his drawings. He's just phenomenal. He really is. They they have a, uh, they, they put on a fairy con in Baltimore, I believe, mm-hmm. every year. I think, it, I think it's in... Thinking it's January or February when that goes on. That's one that I would love to do sometime, but it's expensive to get in. Not to attend, but to vent. Oh, right, right. That would be a lot of fun. It really would. Oh, my gosh. I would be in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I go, they're, they're fascinating. I've even heard of people saying some missing people that go into the woods looking for the Fae have disappeared. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's been going on forever. I find you that know. fascinating and very frightening. Yes. I started giving my 101 talk uh, because I, I was at an event and because I sell fairy crowns, mm-hmm. I'd have people... T- come up to me all giddy about the fair folk and say things like, oh, I would love to dance in a fairy circle. 
to find a fairy circle and dance in a fairy circle. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or my biggest dream is to find the entrance to a fairy mound and go inside and meet the queen. I was like, well, you know, it's nice knowing you. <laughs> so it's like, all right, we need some basics out here. These are things we don't do. Right. Could you tell us etiquette? Could you tell my audience, is there etiquette? Well, first of all, to say fairy. Mm-hmm. To, to do that is to call them. It is to grab their attention. So it's good to say the fair folk, the wee ones, the kind ones, the good people. These are all terms for the fairies. Okay. You never thank them. To, to thank them is an insult. So if they've lent you help or give they've given you gifts or even if like i have uh wild black raspberries on the back corner of our property Mm -hmm. but before i pick them i leave a gift a reciprocation gotcha so if you want to thank you gift oh i see that would make sense Yeah, but I, I believe it has to do with to thank them makes it for them. It seems like it was an obligation for them to do it for you then. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't no longer a gesture of kindness. And it's all about balance with them. You want to stay on the same plane. You don't want to owe them. They don't want to owe you. Ah, uh, Gotcha. That would make sense. So when you feel them in your gardens and stuff, I've always just left offerings to whatever element was in my gardens or in my herbs. Yes. Without saying anything, because I know something's out there. I just don't want to cross it unless it wants to see me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's actually, actually, that's, I ended up with, um, fairies in my home. We were living in an apartment and, I did a full moon ritual and it was on New Year's Eve and I went out and I left a tiny offering for the fair folk. And I did not tell them that this is a gift, but please don't follow me home because Mm -hmm. then they did. And then I became theirs. And when I went to move, it was a nightmare (laughs) because then they started causing trouble. Oh, the person that was helping me pack. They were biting and kicking when I got in the car to go get more boxes. I I ended up with a bite on my hand and I had to have a nice talk with them saying, okay, you are welcome to come with me. But where I am going, they have cats, they have animals. Mm -hmm. You may not be happy there, but they have woods there. So if you're not happy, you can go there. But I am not deserting you. I'm not leaving you here. You can come with us. And then everything stopped. Hmm. Now, is there a difference between them being in the home or their home fay and then outdoor fay as well? Well, uh, there are fairies that are associated with homes and certain households, and you can actually pass them on through the generations. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but it's never a wise idea just to invite them in your house. If they come in and make themselves at home because they decide you're theirs, there's really not a lot you can do, but never actually invite them Mm. because that goes with the reciprocation and the balance. Right. Well, in the, the, I'm pretty sure the Fae that were in my home were brownies, but they were living outside. And then they're like, oh, she's our people. Let's go live with her. Oh. <laughs> but they are, they are different. Since they're, they're different races, you have brownies and gnomes. And gnomes are different than the, the Fae, correct? I think they're kind of a subcategory. Okay. Because I know in many cultures and countries, they have home gnomes and they're very, they sound very familiar to what you were describing. They kind of stay with the people and help the people. Yeah, I think they're kind of in with the brownies and the piskies. And honestly, it's the different cultures, Mm -hmm. what they call them. It's interesting. And the the Fae that are the tall ones, almost elf-like, what have you, have you heard of them and where do they like to reside? I haven't actually run into them. I don't typically seek out the fair folk. Mm-hmm. I usually just kind of, things will happen. Mm. I'll have run-ins and... <laughs> but I don't <laughs> seek them out. I, I have an affinity, whether I want it or not, one of those kind of things. I had a past mm-hmm. life regression done, and I found out many generations ago, I basically walked the line between the worlds. I, I lived in the Black Forest, and I ended up passing over on the other side. I, I died in the land of the Fae. Interesting. So this is why I have such an affinity for them. Sure. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And it wasn't anything that they did. It was natural causes. I I was an older person. Mm. So what are some of their favorite flowers that they are attracted to? If you have a garden and you you don't necessarily, like you said, you don't want to invite them or necessarily call to them. But mm-hmm. what flowers do they love to hang out in? I know they love all flowers, but there's got to be certain ones that they just fall in love with. Anything wild, anything that produces fruit. They love lavender and bluebells, lily of the valley. Mm-hmm. I love lily of the valley. That's probably one of my favorite flowers. Lilacs. Mm-hmm. Oh. What do they think of all these earth changes right now? I don't know because we don't really converse like that. Ah, uh, gotcha. And to them, you know, the earth is the earth. And yeah, we're messing it up. But the earth is going to be here whether we're here or not. And they live 
in the in between mostly, you know, they're they're yeah. here and they're on the other side of the veil. I always thought, thought it was so interesting. I was talking with someone the other day and they said something really interesting that a lot of these things, of course, the fae, dragons, vampires, all these creatures that we thought were just myth are almost in every country, like throughout history. Mm-hmm. Even before we communicated with other cultures, there was the fae. Even Native American Indians talk about the fae. And, oh, yeah. and it's just super interesting because of the time changes. And they say that we're switching our spiritual veil right now and going into the fourth and going forward that way that we're, we're actually going to have more communication with these creatures that were once actually here. And I wonder, I'm asking people because I'm wondering how people feel about that. Is that actually possible as we move and advance spiritually? Well, yeah, I think also it has to do with openness. For a long time, we were very closed off to this. Right. And now a lot of us are more open and experiencing. And some of us grew up with it. Yeah, exactly. What did your mother tell you about the Fae? (laughs) (laughs) Not my mother, my grandmother. Oh, that's even better. Grandmothers were so great at that. (laughs) Yeah, my mom. My mom doesn't really believe in anything like this. She's a very buttoned-down Christian woman. (laughs) Who prays Uh, for me a lot. (laughs) Oh, oh. Whatever brings her comfort. But my grams, um, she lived in the woods in Pennsylvania in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And we'd go up there and we'd spend a week. And it never, any time during the summer, there were some sort of berries that were growing and we'd go berry picking. Mm -hmm. And one of the rules was if you drop a berry, you do not pick it up. That's a fairy offering. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You just, you know, she was very, very nature centric, and well, she was, she was a forest ranger. Really? Yeah. She, she was one of the people that would climb the fire towers and keep an eye out for forest fires. That is so interesting. I have a lot of Smokey the Bear paraphernalia. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you do, Michelle. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> and it was really rare for women back then back then to have those jobs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Apparently my grandpa started was a a forest ranger and watched for the fires first. Mm-hmm. But he got sick and she took over and then that became her thing. That's so interesting. And that is so cool. But she did that she was she was a neat lady and yeah they they love nature we would go out and look for things like indian peace pipe in the woods mm-hmm. or we would go to where a glacier stopped where all the giant boulders were and climb them or just go traipsing through the woods for wild blueberries or strawberries black raspberries blackberries mm-hmm. wild plums Oh, yum. 
Yeah. I had a good childhood. (laughs) That sounds amazing. And now my grandparents, my mom's side of the family were from New York State. And they were lived in a small town called San Clair. It was between St. Ridges Falls and Potsdam, New York, up in the Catskill area. And they always talked about little the Fae. And they also talked about imps quite a bit. Yeah. And the imps would ride the horses. And my grandfather wouldn't let anyone go into the barn Christmas Eve. Because the imps and the and the animals were kneeling. I always thought that was really interesting. And then he would claim that they would braid the horses' manes and ride them at night. That was my great-grandfather. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because they're all Canadian, French, and Native American from that side. But I always thought that story was so cool. And my mom used to tell me that when I was little about them braiding the horses' manes and riding them all night. Yes, that is really cool. But then again, there were certain times he said, you're not allowed to go into the barn to bother them. Yeah. And so that I always thought that was interesting. He also read tea leaves. I always thought that was interesting, too. Oh, yes. And very Catholic. But always had... Always read tea leaves and cards and things like that. I always thought that was so interesting. <laughs> it really is. I was like, what? <laughs> but it sounds a little a little almost like the wild hunt. I don't know. I, he was very interesting. Of course, I never got to meet him. He was passed, you know, a long time ago. But the way yeah. she described him, he was an excellent musician and a lot of French folklore. Yes. You know, so I also often wondered if they went French Rome, too, because of the way she described them and the way they lived. But it was always really interesting. That's why I think, like you, the Fae always fascinate me in to talk to someone like you that knows a lot about them and how to make them, you know, tell people if you want to make an offer, you don't thank them, you leave something. I think that's really important. Yes. Because people just want to run out and, you know, cut, put a fairy in a little bottle. <laughs> think it's okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I think you'd have a fight on your hands of the century. <laughs> yes. Find yourself captured. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you were to do something like an offering in the spring, let's say you want a garden. Mm-hmm. And as you know, when they're around your garden, your garden's always extraordinary. Oh, yes. And a person wants to make an offering and not say thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Well, they love alcohol. Mead, wine, whiskey. Those are all wonderful fairy offerings. Mm -hmm. Um, Baked goods are wonderful. As long as they are home-baked, not like a pre-packaged with the chemicals in it. You don't want that. Okay. Fruit can be an offering. Yes. If if it's in season and if it's fresh. But. And shiny. They love shiny. Oh, do they? 
Yes. I mean, you have to be careful with metals. No iron. Mm -hmm. But silver, coins, even even really shiny plasticky stuff will work. But, you know, you're leaving it outside, so that's not the best. But they, mm -hmm. they love shiny. Wow. And is there anything you should say when you leave it out there? Or where they just know it's for them? They'll know it's for them. If you want to say this is for you, a gift freely given. Okay. Gotcha. Without asking for anything in return, correct? Yes, it's just a, a gift freely given. In other words, no strings. Yeah. You're still on a level ground. And, you know, if you may, if you don't want them to follow you inside, you can tell them, this is for you. Please do not follow me. Always with respect, always with kindness. Mm, gotcha. Because I have to, I have to do that when I go places, especially, uh, well, festivals where we're camping and stuff. I'll have to communicate and say it was lovely hanging out with you. Do not follow me home. Here is a gift. Ah, gotcha. And how do they feel about household pets? Well, and pets that go outside. Pets that go outside, I don't think really bother them because, you know, it's easier to avoid. Sometimes they'll play with your pets and, you know, you'll see the pet looking off in the corner or going a little bit crazy for no reason. And, mm -hmm. yeah, they may be cha chasing a, a fair folk. <laughs> and sometimes they anger them because, you know, if your cat's a really good hunter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, and they just want to hang out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that possible? Can they actually catch it? I don't know if it's possible, but I know it would be irritating. Okay. Because I, just... I know that's why the ones that had followed me to my apartment when I stayed with my aunt and uncle after that, uh, you know, they had a house full of pets. They decided to live in the woods. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm just picturing in my head right now is I have a cat named Pixel. I'm just picturing her catching something like that and just putting it in my bed. <laughs> I'd flip out. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm going to be hunted down for centuries. <laughs> I don't think so, though, because they would not blame you for something that an animal did because you're not in control of a cat. No, I'm not, not Pixel. No one's in control of Pixel. <laughs> yeah. Pixel is is a cat we took in, and she's tiny and petite, and she is ornery. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My cat's always, it seems like a new cat always appears before one of my other cats pass. I don't, it always has happened that way in my household. And yeah. then this summer, I bought a bunch of herbs, and I put them on the side of my house, and the the whole energy shift in my backyard, like very quickly. I watered them and babied them and talked to these plants all summer. And I know something was out there. So I would leave like little things out there like you do, like a sugar key. I left a couple sugar cubes. I left 
some mead and a thimble kind of thing for them. I knew they were out there, but I didn't want them in the house. So I kept salting my doorway. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. I like my keys on the table. (laughs) Yes. Do you you know why you salt the doorway for, for the fair folk? That I don't know. I've always just salted my doorway since I was a kid. Because they have to count every granule before they can move on. Oh, well, they would be really busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the lore behind that. That is all. I didn't know that. I know it keeps negativity out, obviously, but I had no idea that's why. Well, then it would take them forever to count salt. Yes. <laughs> that wasn't very nice of me then. <laughs> They're probably like, we want to come in. We want to. There's plants in the house. <laughs> we want to hang out. And I'm like salting every month. <laughs> well, it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Sage and salt. I always, I always do it all the time. It's very important to protect my house. <laughs> yes. Yes. So how do they feel about sage and things like that when it's out? I always bless the land I live on. How do they feel of, about that? Well, I don't think they really care about sage, you know, as long as they, they're they not ill-intentioned or anything, because that's really what sage does is right. to wash away the negativity. Oh, they're always welcomed as long as they stay outside. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think the sage bothers them at all. You know, the salt, there's actual lore for that. I see. I didn't even know that. I just kept, <laughs> I figured it would just keep them out. <laughs> It does. It does. I mean, usually they'll just look at it and go, yeah, I'm not doing that. It's not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would do and go back and get into the basil for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Now, since there are races of them, do they travel in groups? Have you ever been told any of that? Have they do they travel or are they solitary? Well, it depends on the fay, but yeah, they will travel in groups. And, you know, I brought up the wild hunt before. Mm-hmm. That is basically a pack of them and you do not want to be caught during the wild hunt. Oh. And are they hunting food at that time? Oh, they're hunting for fun and whoever or whatever crosses their path either becomes part of the troop or becomes the hunted. Huh. Now, do they hunt animals? I'm sure some do. That's interesting. Hmm. I've never heard of the hunt. I think that's really quite interesting. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, there's the wild hunt has a lot of history and lore behind it with Throughout history and and various cultures. Mm-hmm. And basically, the, the lore is, if you hear the horns, if you hear the baying of the hounds, it's best to get inside and avoid it. You do not want to be caught in the wild hunt. Oh. Hmm. That's kind of cool. So a fictional author I read, um, Jim Butcher, he does the Dresden mm-hmm. Files. He writes about the wild hunt 
brilliantly. His take on his fictional take on the Fae, he really did his research because it lines up with the lore. Mm-hmm. With the various lures and stuff. I mean, you know, he takes liberties because it is fiction. But yeah, right. those are brilliant books to read, the Dresden Files. Wow. I must read those books. It sounds like fun, actually. They are fun. He, he is a wizard for hire. <laughs> I wonder if they're ever going to make those into movies. Actually, they did a TV series on sci-fi maybe 10 years ago. It only got one season, though. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, I love the books. Huh. Wow. So what are some of your favorite things to do when a fae is around you, because I know you said they're attracted to you, obviously. Um, a lot of your jewelry, a lot of the things you sell circles around that, mm-hmm. which is, I find it very beautiful, by the way. It's just very pretty. Thank you. Oh, and sometimes I draw inspiration. Sometimes I think they guide my hand with picking of the stones or the flowers, mm-hmm. whatnot. And mostly when I am around them, I'm gardening. Oh, that would make total sense. Because the way they love plants and nature. I have a really hard time keeping the weeds down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're busy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Obviously around you, they're busy all the time, right? (laughs) Yes. But my berries are the best. My blackberry brambles are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Is that one of the, that's got to be their favorite fruit around you is probably the blackberries. I think so. Although I think the peaches were probably a close second this year. I have never had a harvest like that before. Now, are you based in Cincinnati? I I live in Indiana. I I live about 40 minutes away from Cincinnati. Ah, I thought so because... Because when I called you, the area code was Cincinnati, and I was like, is she in Cincinnati? (laughs) No, I'm close. You know, I I live in between (laughs) Indianapolis and Cincinnati. Oh, I know exactly where you live. (laughs) I'm from Dayton originally, so I know those areas quite well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do Dayton, Pagan Pride. Oh, do you? I do. Oh, that's wonderful. That is so cool. When is that this year? They haven't set a date for it this year. Last year, it was, I believe it was in September. Yeah, it's a friendly city. It is. And it's a lovely, it's a lovely Pagan Pride Day. It's, it's a smaller one, but the energy is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I brought my, my nest spring Chris with me last year and they had a marvelous time. Yeah, it's just, it's a friendly city. Um, and then there's a lot to do in the city. Yeah. A lot of nice restaurants and things like that. It's grown a lot in the past five years, a lot, both in the arts and in all kinds of spirit. They have all kinds of spiritual stuff there now. It's so cool. It's a cool city. Yeah, I like going to Dayton. So all your advice is to stay away from the Fae and let them communicate with you. 
Yes, yes. Don't don't initiate. Don't do anything foolish. And before you even, if you're curious about them, the best thing to do is read. Read and learn and maybe talk to other people who have an affinity. Right. Suggested books? Um, Ada McCoy's Witch's Guide to Fair Folk. Mm-hmm. Um. Brian Proud's Good Fay, Bad Fay. That's a really good one. It's illustrated. Yeah, that is a nice one. Yeah, those are my two favorites. And Michelle, let's talk about your business. What kind of business do you have? And believe me, folks, you're going to want to check her Etsy store out. It is called Wicked Treasure. And I make handcrafted jewelry and fairy crowns. And then I travel around to psychic fairs, horror conventions, various pagan events and pagan pride days and, and sell. Um, my first event this year is in March. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's a mouthful. Oh. <laughs> Sacred Journey Metaphysical Market, I believe it's called. Where's that going to be? It is, it's in Cincinnati. It's in a hotel. Mm -hmm. And they have all kinds of vendors there and all kinds of psychics to do readings and Mm -hmm. such. I, I did theirs last August. That was the first one they did. And it, it was a really, really nice setup. Ooh, it sounds like fun. You must send me the information on that. Absolutely. Because I'm in Cincinnati sometimes. I love Cincinnati. And when you're in Cincinnati, you should visit my friend's wine store. Oh, what is your friend's wine store? Ledlow Wines in Clifton. I am well familiar with Clifton. Yeah, Mike and Julie (laughs) own that store. And us too. I love them. And they have amazing wine tastings on Friday and Saturday. So if you're there on the weekend, I highly suggest you going. Sounds like a potential date night for me and the hubby. Oh, yes. If you're going to do a metaphysical fair anyway, you might as well at night have a nice dinner, have a glass of wine someplace. Yes. See? And you never know. I might be there that weekend. And we can actually (laughs) meet again. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. After I stop by your booth and buy way too much that I didn't need. (laughs) (laughs) Which is definitely me. (laughs) I love stuff. You can can never have too much jewelry. Well, that's true. I am. Yeah, I am a girl. So, (laughs) oh, Michelle, you're always a pleasure. And everybody got her advice. Do not seek out the Fae. Let them come to you. And please don't dance in any fairy circles. It's dangerous. Oh, please don't. <laughs> we like to keep you in this world. <laughs> any other advice? Um, if you do find yourself uh, on the other side, do not eat or drink anything. Oh, why is that? Let my audience know why they should never do that. Because that's how you become trapped there. So, and it looks delicious. Never do it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And is it a wise idea to dance with them? No. No. That's how you dance yourself to death. Yep. So never dance with the Fae and don't eat with them. Just stand silently. 
Is that correct? Yes. See? And as soon as you can go home, go home. Yes. <laughs> Michelle, you're amazing. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the Twilight Tonic. Oh, thank you. And hopefully we'll have you on again sometime talking more about the Fae. Oh, that would be fun. You have a good evening and I hopefully will see you soon. Thank you. (laughs) Good night. Good night.